we began a brand new series called Jonah. Jonah. We understand that uh, Jonah was an Old Testament prophet. Just about everyone, even the children, know about Jonah. We know that God called this prophet to a particular place to deliver a specific prophecy. As we learned last Sunday, because this prophet didn't like the people, didn't like the place, and didn't like the plan, instead of going to Nineveh, where God had called him to, he chose rather to head towards Tarshish, where he wanted to go. And so now Jonah is in disobedience. Have you ever found yourself there? Last Sunday, we... we, Took a look at chapter number one. I have a, a title that I've given to each of the four chapters of Jonah. And the title that I gave for chapter number one was his presumption. And that's what we talked about last Sunday about Jonah. We talked about his presumption. And in chapter one, Jonah presumed three things. First of all, he presumed that his preference was more important than God's plan. Secondly, he presumed that he could enjoy peace in the midst of disobedience. And thirdly, he presumed that his past performance disqualified him from future ministry. All three of Jonah's presumptions were wrong. Most presumptions usually are. Today we're going to look at chapter number two, and my title for chapter number two is his prayer. So today we are going to talk about Jonah's prayer. In the middle of Jonah's disobedience, as he was boarded, uh, uh, he has boarded a ship headed in the opposite direction of where God had told him to go. The Bible says that God sends a storm, and everyone on the ship is shook up, and everyone is terrified. Jonah realizes that he is the cause of the storm, that his disobedience has brought on God's correction. And so he convinces his shipmates that if they would would throw him out of the ship, that the storm would cease. Now, these sailors put up some protests, but after some protests by the mariners, they they finally give in and and they toss Jonah out. This gets us to chapter 2, and I want us to read it today from the New Living Translation, if we can have it on the screen, please. The Bible says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Good idea, Jonah. He prayed and he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I, I will offer 
sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. There are three things here that I want to point out as they relate to Jonah's prayer. The first thing I want us to look at, and that is I want us to see Jonah's condition. Jonah's condition. And I ask you this morning, why is it that some people only pray in certain conditions? Perhaps they wouldn't be in their present condition if they had been praying all along. Such was the case with Jonah. Let's examine his condition. And you can jump in with an amen or something or some kind of support this morning along the way. That'll help a whole lot. I want us to examine his condition. First of all, I want us to notice that he was in danger. Yeah, he was in danger. Verse number two, he says, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. I mean, no, ships are to be ridden in, not tossed out of. Jonah was in danger. But not only was he in danger, but I would also say that he was in distress. Verse number three, he said, I sank down to the heart of the sea. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Things are are getting worse by the minute for Jonah. He wasn't just in danger. His danger progressed to distress. Jonah is now in big trouble, and his distress intensifies. He was drowning, drowning. Verse number 5, I sank beneath the waves, and the water closed over me. Verse number 7, he says, my life was slipping away. Jonah's condition was life-threatening. Cold blue had been caused. I don't know this morning, but perhaps, perhaps, maybe this describes somebody here today. Maybe your life, your life is out of control. Maybe you're on life supports and you're expecting somebody to pull the plug on you at any moment. Maybe like Jonah, you have, you have brought this condition on yourself. Or, or perhaps like the mariners, the storm that you are in today was brought on by somebody else. Not you at all, but because of somebody else's disobedience or somebody else's sin or somebody else's poor choice. You too have been affected by this storm. Maybe you're in the danger stage or perhaps it has progressed to the stage of distress or, or, or God forbid, even to the point of drowning. Oh, oh, it could be a sea of debt or it could be a sea of disease or a sea of depression that you're drowning in today or, or perhaps you're drowning in a relationship or in regret or in rebellion. Whatever, whatever your condition is today, no matter who is the cause of it, I've got some good news for you this morning. How many of you like good news? I've got some good news for you this morning, and the good news is there's hope. You may be drowning this morning. You may be drowning this morning. You may be in the storm this morning. All the winds of adversity may be blowing against you today, but I'm telling you there is hope. There's hope today. There's hope for you, and the source of your hope is the same as Jonah's was. All right, we've taken just a moment to look at his condition. Now let's take a look at Jonah's cry. Let me suggest, first of all, it was a personal cry. It was a personal cry. Verse number one, it says, then Jonah prayed. Say, Jonah prayed. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. Say, his God. Notice he didn't call 
some church's prayer chain. He didn't call his pastor for prayer. He didn't call his prayer partner. Nothing wrong with any of these things. All of these things are good and should be done when possible. But Jonah's cry was personal. He cried out. Notice it says Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. See, Jonah had a personal relationship with God. God was not just Israel's God, he was his God. Not just mama's God, not just daddy's God, his God. See, see, it's not enough to know about God. And we've got a world full of people, or at least America, filled with people that know about God. But hear me this morning, it's not enough to know about God. It's not enough to just ride the spiritual coattail of your mama or your daddy. We need a personal relationship with God ourselves. In Acts chapter 19, there's a, an incredible story. It's, it's hilarious. I love the word because it it's 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 funny. And, and, and it's very, very interesting in Acts chapter 19, a story about some people who tried to use Paul's authority. Paul was an apostle, one of the greatest apostles there ever was. But in Acts chapter 19, there's, a, there's some people that, are, that, that try to use Paul's authority and try to use Paul's spiritual power to cast out some demons. And in verse number 13 of Acts chapter 19, it says that they said to these demons, I command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Come out, demons, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. But the Bible says the demons replied, we know Jesus and we know Paul. But who the heck are you? (laughs) Yeah, we know who Jesus is and we know who Paul is, but who in the world are you? And not only did the demons not come out, but the Bible says that these demons through these men attacked these people and beat them up and stripped them of their clothes and shamed them. Hear me this morning, riding the coattail of some spiritual person we know will not change our condition. We need more than mama's religion. We need more than daddy's religion. We need more than pastor's prayer. Listen, listen, we need to have a personal relationship with God. We need to know God ourselves so that when the crisis comes in our life and the crisis will come sooner or later, that when that crisis comes, when we cry out to God, we are crying out, we have a relationship with God. God will recognize who we are and we will, ha- we will cry out personally. Jonah prayed prayed to the Lord his God. But not only was Jonah's cry a personal cry, it was a passionate cry. Verse 7, as Jonah says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer, say earnest, and my earnest prayer went out to you. Jonah was in trouble He was in an emergency situation. I'm pretty sure he wasn't worried about being prim and proper and dignified. His pride was long gone by now. He's 
He's desperate. I'm, I'm sure his cry reflected his desperation. No doubt. No doubt he prayed with intensity. Many years ago, I was living and pastoring in the panhandle of Texas. And we were going to have a minister's prayer meeting down in Paladura Canyon. How many know where Paladura Canyon is? We're going to have a meeting down there, a prayer meeting down in Paladura Canyon. Just happened to be in wintertime, in wintertime. And, you know, we fuss here in Dallas if the weather gets, you know, if it gets below 50, we get, we're cold. In the panhandle, you're wearing sleeves, man. In the panhandle, it gets cold, man, and it snows, and the wind blows, and it drifts, and then it freezes. And so we, we were called to a prayer meeting down in Paladura Canyon. Me and a pastor friend of mine, we, it's wintertime, and it had a big snow, and there's snow all over the ground. And long story short, we decided to go ahead and go, and, and we enter Paladura Canyon, and it's a canyon, so you go down into it. And the roads in Paladur, you know, a lot of the highways and stuff were cleared off, but those roads down to Paladur Canyon, they were, they, it was like a solid sheet of ice, really. And, and I'm driving, and my buddy's sitting next to me, and we're drinking our coffee, and we're talking, and we're doing preacher stuff and telling preacher stories and, and whatever. Now we make our way down into Paladur Canyon. And all of a sudden my car starts to slip and it begins to slide. It begins to fishtail. I mean, I am all over that road. If I remember correctly, the car absolutely turned all the way around. And, and here we are, and co- coffee's going everywhere in the, co- in, the, in the car. And we're sliding right toward the side of a cliff. My buddy, he's kind of soft and mild-mannered and quiet, and I hear him say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm not. I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I promise you, we slid to the very edge of the cliff. Nothing to stop the car, but Jesus. I'm telling you, we were, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I, I remember it being so, so, so close to the edge. I was so glad that when I was in crisis, I was glad that I had a personal relationship with Jesus, and I didn't care who heard me, and I didn't care how I sounded. Amen. I sent out a cry, but I didn't send out no mealy mouth cry. I sent out a passionate, a passionate cry. Not only was Jonah's cry a personal cry and a passionate cry, it was a, it was a praise-filled cry. Verse number 9, Jonah says, But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. Hear me this morning. In times of crisis, we have two choices. We can pout or we can praise. And here's what I know this morning. And that is people who pout seldom praise and people who praise seldom pout here's what I know about praise and that is praise produces God's presence and his presence produces power 
Psalm 22 and 3 says God inhabits or, or he indwells or he takes up residence in the praises of his people. Hear me this morning, friend. If God seems far off to you, oh, my admonition to you this morning would be just start praising him because praise is God's invitation from you. Hear me this morning. Invite God through praise and he will show up every single time. Jonah's cry included Praise, not because he felt like it. I don't think that in the belly of the fish he felt like lifting up a voice of praise. He didn't cry out in praise because he felt like it. Not because the mood was set. Not because his circumstances dictated it. No, no. No, Jonah praised because God is praise worthy. Oh, hear me this morning. Don't praise because of the sound and light or don't not praise because of the sound and light. It's not about the sound and the light. Amen. Praise because God is praise worthy. Oh, he praised because God is praise worthy. He praised because praise is always the right thing to do. He praised because praise will get the attention of God. It will get you an audience with God. Will somebody, will somebody give God some praise in this house today? If you're down, discouraged, disillusioned, or deep in despair today, let Dr. Benson give you a prescription, and the prescription I have for you today is praise. Isaiah 61 and 3 says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. Hear me this morning. When you cry out to the Lord, make sure your cry includes praise. And when you pray, make sure praise is a major part of your prayer. I hear people say, I sure wish, you know, talk about praying for an hour. I, I can't pray five minutes. Well, you know what? I can't finish praising the praise part of pray, prayer in five minutes. When you pray, make sure praise is a major, major part of your prayer in the model prayer that Jesus gave to us. You know, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It is our prayer. It is the model prayer that the Lord gave to us to pray. He said, when you pray, he said, pray like this. And in the model prayer that Jesus gave to teach us how to pray, Jesus said, begin your prayer and end your prayer in praise. Begin and end it, he said. He said, begin with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, you ought to spend a lot of time just saying, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Great is your name. Mighty is your name. Marvelous is your name. Healer is your name. Deliverer is your name. Oh, just begin to, you begin to hallow the name of the Lord. Just begin to spend time loving on Jesus and worshiping him and praising him. He said, begin your prayer time in praise. And then he said, to end your prayer time in praise. He said, finish your prayer by praising and saying, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God, you are great. God, you are mighty. God, you are marvelous. God, you are wonderful. God, I love you. Begin and end your prayer time in praise. Well, we're trying to glean some practical application from Jonah's prayer in chapter number two. We've talked about his condition. We've talked about his cry. That's finally number three. Let's look at Jonah's correction. And I want to point out three things here. First of all, I want you to notice that he identified the source of his situation. 
He identified the source of his situation. Verse number three, he says to God, you threw me into the ocean depths. Who did it? He said, you threw me into the ocean depths. Now, Jonah was saying it might have been the mariner's hands that picked me up and tossed me in the sea. It might have been a large fish that swallowed me and housed me in its stomach for three days and three nights. But God, God, it was you. It was you that orchestrated it all. And Jonah would be right. God was the one calling the shots. He always is. He may use people. He may use circumstances. He may use situations. But he, he is orchestrating. He is calling the shots. He is behind it all. God used the ship. He used the storm. He used the sailors. He used the stomach of the fish. All a part of the process of getting his prophet to the place he wanted him to Second thing I see here is he initiated future obedience. He initiated future obedience. We see in, in, in verse number 9, Jonah says, I will fulfill all my vows. As a prophet, no doubt he had vowed to say what God told him to say to the people God told him to say it to. Jonah had failed. He had failed to keep this vow. But through his recent experience, he initiated future obedience obedience. I don't know, maybe you are here today and like Jonah, you too have tried to run away from God's call for your life. Perhaps the storm in your life is God trying to get your attention. God correcting you and trying to get you back on course and eventually to where God wants you to be. Oh, please hear me this morning. Not every storm in life is God sent. I'm not saying that this morning, but some are. Some are. Some storms are definitely sent by God. The storm that Jonah encountered and the mariners encountered was a storm that was sent by God. Some storms are sent by God, but some are sent by the devil. Some are self-inflicted. Some are caused by others. And some are just because life itself comes with storms because we live in a fallen world. So we must discern the cause of the storm of our life. Hear me this morning. If your storm is a storm sent by God to correct you, I urge you this morning to be like Jonah and begin to initiate future obedience. Repent of your disobedience and tell God you are now ready to practice obedience. God, I wasn't ready before, but God, I am ready now. God, forgive me for disobeying. God, forgive me for running away. God, forgive me, but God, I want to do your will, God. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to go where you want me to go and be involved in what you want me to be involved in. The last thing here is God intervened on Jonah's behalf. Verse number 10, the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. That's a nice way of saying it. He made the fish vomit Jonah up. (laughs) Jonah had quite a ride, literally. First the ship, the storm, then the three days in the stomach of the fish. I don't know about you, but Nineveh sounds pretty good to me in comparison to what Jonah's disobedience cost him. When will we ever learn that immediate obedience is always best and usually easier? 
And I'm going to tell you, if God wants you somewhere, he's going to get you there anyway. You can go struggling. You can go kicking and screaming. He can drag you there. He can create circumstances for you that will make you glad to go there after all you've gone through. Or you can just say, you know what, Lord, I don't really want to go. (laughs) But I know I'm going anyway, so here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. I've gone to a couple places like that in my life and in my ministry, but I will tell you, at least for me, I've discovered that even those places I didn't necessarily want to go before God got through with me and it was all over, I said, thank you, Lord. Your plan was so much better than mine. If I could get some help on the platform this morning, our takeaway for the message today is simply this. Prayer changes things. How many believe that this morning? Prayer changes things. If you don't like your situation this morning, prayer changes things. Do you know I have people to come to talk to me sometimes and they're in crisis situations? And the first question I ask is, have you prayed about this? And so often their head drops down and they have to say no. They're going to come and talk to me before they come and talk to God. Come on. Come on. Prayer changes things. But not only do prayer change things, but things change prayer. Things, our circumstances, our situations change the way that we need to pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. It definitely is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, I just pray today that you'll take this word that has been delivered this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that it will do the work that you intended for it to do. Father, I ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 